Sorry, we're closed. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Episode number 10. 10 episodes already? Double digits. Wow. Double digits. We have, I mean, I don't even need to introduce this gentleman. Um, a guy by the name of Jared Carabas. He is, you know, if you know him, you know he's a treat, a special treat. Um, he is, uh, I mean, he, how many things do you do? You do section 10, you do starting nine, you do uh, morning wood. Uh, what else is on, on the list that you do? CCK. CCK. You know, listen, there's, it's endless. Yeah. And not to mention the number one thing on your list of, of things that you do is phenomenal friends. Right. Thank you. I appreciate that. Cause that's, you know what, at the end of the day, that's really what I'm striving for as my number one. Mm-hmm. We should also add to the list Boris client. Yes, I am a Boris client. Um, as of, I think, March, maybe, I became a, a Boris client. So uh, on top of being best friends, we're also Boris clients. Yes, this is a Boris. For those of you that don't know, I wear these shirts a lot. Uh, this is a Boris emblem. Um, and uh, first ever uh, person outside of baseball, talent outside of baseball, that became a part of the Boris community. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it, it took, uh, you know, it was just one conversation, you know, we, we went over it and I said, Hey, would you be interested in, you know, maybe expanding your horizons beyond just baseball players? Like you obviously have the top baseball talent in the world, but what about the, the number one baseball blogger in the world? And, and that's really where the conversation started. And, uh, and here we are, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm just happy to be a Boris guy and we're just going to move forward with it. Listen, that's, and that's what we do here. You know, you have a conversation with a guy, Scott's a reasonable man. Very reasonable. Very reasonable. Loves to expand his own horizons. Mm-hmm. And listen, he had an opportunity to sign the number one um, talent blogger, you know, writer in, in the world right now mm-hmm. for the game of baseball. Mm-hmm. And he jumped at it because he's a smart man. Very smart man. And, and you know what? I used, to, I used to resent the term blogger because I feel like that's what the, the big J's would use to like discredit you mm-hmm. and like, Oh, well, you're just a blogger. Like that's how the context that it would be used in. But now I feel like the word blogger is like an all encompassing term where like, if you say you're a blogger, it's like, well, blogging, I guess is, is writing blogs. But now like in the barstool world, like if you're a blogger, that means that you do it all. Like it's almost like a compliment. Like if you're a barstool blogger, that means that you're doing fucking serious XM radio. Can we swear on this program? Yes, you more than one swear on this program. Oh, oh, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, you are doing serious XM radio. You're doing videos. You're doing live streams. You're, you're blogging. You're podcasting. It's the, it's the whole, it's the real, it's the real deal, Pat. So it, I used to be like, no, I'm not a blogger. I'm a writer. No, no, no. I am a blogger, which means that, you know, we do a lot of things here. Listen, as we all know, when people come at people, for, you know, using titles, they're, they're more just insecure that they, that you have now entered the conversation with sure. them and they want to keep you far away because you're gaining traction and they're not. Yeah. So, that's, okay. that's what happened with a, a lot of the Red Sox writers was, uh, when I first showed up at Barstool, one of them, I told him that I was going to Barstool and he was like, what to do guess that ass. And I was like, no, I'm actually going to be covering the Red Sox and I'm going to do a substantially better job than you and just blow past you in every regard. And then I did. Um, and then there's other guys that, uh, cover the Red Sox over there. 
that when we got press passes in 2018, they were all up in arms about that. And they were like, why would they ever credential someone like that? And blah, 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 blah. It wasn't that they didn't think that I was worthy enough to be credentialed. It was more just like, you're giving the nukes to North Korea. Like now, like you're actually giving me the weapons when I already have the, the, the whole background and the means to use it. That was, that was, that was, that was the great separator because once like that, that was the only thing that the big J's had that we as bloggers didn't have was access. And then once we got that, the scoreboard, it was like the fucking monsters versus the tune squad in the first half, because people forget the monsters lost that game. Yeah. Well, they lost, they lost. All right. I mean, they had, they had MJ on the team, the tune squad. And yeah. listen, are we comparing you to Michael Jordan? It sounds like we are. I mean, I feel like we're there. I think, I feel like that's where we're at. Yeah. But, you know, here we are. But, hey, listen, the one thing that's different about Barstool and probably what separates you guys is that I can go into a clubhouse when I was a player, and if Barstool asked, you know, the Boston Globe asked me for an uh, a, um, interview, I'd be like, oh, sure, okay. Barstool asked you for an interview. It's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, I'm looking forward to doing that interview. I'm just doing the interview with the Globe because I have to. Right. I don't, you know – Doing the interview with the Globe is, you know, okay. I'll end up in a paper that I'll never read ever, mm-hmm. and it's it's a waste of time. Now that Barstool has access to the clubhouse, I, there's no one in that clubhouse is gonna be like, oh shit, I don't want to do a, a, a. Oh, I guess I guess there's been a couple people, but mm-hmm. that's just because they're sensitive. But m- normal baseball players are never not gonna want to do a pod or a or an interview with 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 the Jared Carabas uh, of the Red Sox. See, so, and, and let me let me ask you this because yeah. you were in there. Yeah albeit not for like a full season to get the full temperature of the room. Of course. Um, a lot has changed since in the two years after you were with the Red Sox in 16. Yes. 16. Uh, I definitely did not have many allies in the Red Sox clubhouse. And then two years later, it's almost like you're an asshole. If you're not an out like an ally, I don't know what changed. Actually, I have a feeling of what changed, but I can't really talk about that. Uh, but something changed. There, there was one incident that sort of was the first domino to where a bunch of guys are like, hey, this guy's not so bad. Back when you were in there, uh, like this perception that exists now where it's like, oh, Barstool's fun. I would love to do this Barstool thing. When you were in there in 16, I don't know that that existed. At least with me, I don't think it did. Like there is, it was Price's first season with the Red Sox. And I mean, like we had like the Twitter thing, but we didn't really do anything together. Um, I think that was the year. Did Ben and Teddy get called up that year? No. Maybe in September I was gone, but I don't think so. When was his first year? I think it might have been 17. I think Ben Ben Tenney, when I was with Boston, I remember people talking to me about him, but I think he was in like, I think he was in higher double eggs. I'm pretty sure. Wasn't he one of the guys that got called up straight from double A? Yes. Yeah. He skipped, he skipped skipped triple A entirely. Um, Yeah, he did. He, that, he got called up in 16. The, as I assume at the end in September, does it say? Yeah. He only played 34 games. So that's good amount. That was like, that was like late August. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I think around that time was when eventual Jared guys were making their way onto the team. Yes. Um, but I think at the time that there weren't many there, but I don't know, maybe, maybe it's because like my first season 
my first season covering the Red Sox for Barstool was 15 and it was a last place year and I just kind of fucking crushed everybody. So it was just kind of like, that's what happened with Clay Buckholtz. So Clay Buckholtz was um, obviously on a championship team in 07 and 13, but like he was my punching bag. And when you're not plugged in the way that I'm plugged in now, where it's like you talk to almost everyone on the team. So like, you know, who's friends with who, you know, who's like popular in the clubhouse, you know, like the guys that players don't like, I didn't realize that clay was so popular with his teammates. Very popular. Like, I thought that I was like, well, you know, he looks like a meth addict and he sucks. I was like, there's no way that the guys on the team are like, yeah, that's my boy. But I find out years down the line that like Clay Buckholz was, was one of the most popular guys in the clubhouse. So when I come at him, like put it this way, if someone's coming at Pat light, they're not going to try and be friends with me. Like uh-uh. someone, if you, if someone was relentlessly shitting on Pat light, but then they were trying to suck up to me, I'd be like, fuck you, dude. And I think that happened with that group. Well, like when I first came in with Barstool, it was like, all right, a lot of guys like clay, but I, I, I didn't shit on you. I just shit on clay. And it's like, well, it doesn't matter. Like we like clay. So it took me a few years to sort of clean out the, the clay bad mojo and then recreate this new core where it's like, all right, I'm not like, I'm not shitting on anybody here. And then you kind of like become friends with people. So you came in the year after that. So there was still, there was still an element of people not really. And then liking me, I think there was the issue with Joe Kelly and that was over. uh, We have a mutual friend, Brian Johnson lefty for the Boston Red Sox. Phenomenal person. Phenomenal human being. And I was very much advocating for, for his spot on the Boston Red Sox. I mean, five years later and here we are still doing it. Like what the fuck isn't Brian Johnson in the rotation? This team stinks. They, they stink. Um, But 2015, I wrote a blog that was like, um, the Red Sox need to send Joe Kelly to Pawtucket and call up Brian Johnson. And I think after that, like Joe blocked me on Twitter and it was this whole thing and it took many years to repair, but you know, here we are. Here we are. I mean, I can tell you one thing. I remember being in a car in spring training, me and BJ always lived together. Um, and I remember being in a car. I don't know where the hell we were going, probably Chick-fil-A or something and him talking about you. And I had, did not know you at the time. I knew of you. Mm. I did not know you personally. And um, listen, Barstool, I, I've told you this in the past. I've told you privately. I probably told you on podcasts as we do a lot of our talking on podcasts as well. <laughs> but I, Barstool is, you know, you're not going to get PC. You know, you're going to say on your blog that Pat Light fucking sucks. You're not going to. that. No, no. But, <laughs> Well, I think we can oh, dive in maybe. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you've looked hard enough. But you're not, you're not going to be, you know, Pat had a tough game, which is probably what you're going to see in the Globe. You know, it's, it's definitely different. And I know in a clubhouse, every guy knows who talks shit about them. Mm-hmm. Like everyone, like we, have, we had one guy in the clubhouse. Um, have you ever been in the clubhouse where like you're just standing with a bunch of media guys? Yes, it's very fucking awkward. Yeah. Worst fucking thing to do in the world. I would mm-hmm. never suggest it. Guys don't want you to be there anyway. Mm-hmm. So, but there's one guy, I think he had a stroke, not making obviously fun of him for the stroke. But I think he had a stroke and he is like, he like, he's bent down. Oh, Johnny. I don't know. I don't know his name. I know he's in there all the time. Yeah. Um, he, when I was locker buddies with Craig Kimbrell, 
Mm-hmm. And I, I was sitting next to Craig and Craig, this is, he was building him, himself shelves, ta- classic Craig, just <laughs> building himself. He's like got wood mm-hmm. and he's building it instead mm-hmm. of just buying it at Walmart. Right. He's building him himself. And this guy walks up to him and goes, he's like, Hey Craig, can I get a question? And Craig's like, yeah, sure, man. And he just goes, so you guys have been, um, you guys have been losing the last like five games in a row because it was a bad year or whatever, or a bad time of that year. I think we made the playoffs that year, but mm-hmm. it was a bad time. And he goes, so how much of you, how much would you blame on John Farrell? What, what are you supposed to say to that? Yeah. Much, you're just looking for a quote. You're hoping you catch us off guard and say something stupid to run in your whatever. And I get it's business. Like, you know, those things obviously sell a lot better than Craig being like, well, you know, it's the player's fault, but it, it, those are the things that people remember and are like, well, no, I'm not going to do a fucking interview for you because you're just trying to get me to misstep. You don't even care about my normal answers. You just care about me saying something dumb. Right. Um, and every person at clubhouse, we talk about media guys all the time and talk mm-hmm. about which guys to avoid, which ones are dicks. Yeah. And Barstool, I would imagine at that time, although you had that little, you know, David Price's uh, interview or whatever in the beginning, he mentioned you didn't, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He so had that going. Introductory press conference. Yeah, no big deal. But you had that going for yourself, but you hadn't, you hadn't gotten in there. Only thing people really knew about you was that you were aggressive in your blogs when they played that. <laughs> yeah, big time. So it's, it, it took some warming up. You got there. Yeah, uh, it took some work. And, and Joe, Joe, you know, I love Joe more than life. But Me too. You can be, you can be a little sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, it's also, I think around that time that might've been, that was his first full season in Boston too. He yeah. got traded, uh, at the deadline in 14. So that was his first full year. And then for me, I had been blogging about the Red Sox since 2006 um, but the, it was November, 2014 that I, I went to Barstool. So 2015 was my first full season of covering the Red Sox for Barstool. So I think at times I was trying to, I guess, go over the top a little bit and be like, Hey, like I, like, I'm the, I don't give a fuck guy. Like I'm going to say whatever I want guy. It's and part like, of it. Yeah. And, and I think also like being that I was a fan of like a lot of like Boston sports media shows, they would come after players or like, you know, sports teams like real, uh, very aggressively. Um, but at Barstool, you could literally take it to the next level. So you almost wanted, or at least I think I wanted when I first started that approval from like everyone else being like, Oh, like he's not, he's not like a fanboy. Like, he, like he's a fan, but like, he'll still come at the team. And like, I do now, I mean, obviously like I, I try to do it in a more joking way. Like, I think when I first came in, like a lot of the stuff, if I were, were to come at the team would be more mean spirited. Um, <laughs> but that would be like, it, it, it would be more so to make fans laugh that were miserable because the Red Sox were so bad. Um, whereas now I think I'm trying to, if I have something bad to say about the Red Sox, I'm trying to do it in a way that'll make the fans laugh, but maybe even like the player might think that it's a little bit funny. Like, like Ryan Weber, he sucks. I I haven't said that. I haven't said that on a podcast or on Twitter, but like the fact that 
this dude throws 84 miles an hour and everyone keeps comparing him to Greg Maddox. It's like, all right, well now we're just going to chirp and call him Greg Maddox. Like it's, it's funny. It's, it's almost like instead, uh, I think in 2015, I would have just said more mean, mean spirited and malicious things about a player. Whereas now it's like, if we think that you suck, we'll either we'll make fun of you in some funny way or we'll flip it around and just be so pro a shitty player that you understand that we think that you suck, but we're not going to be mean about it. Like we're, we're going to root you on because you're so bad that someone's got to do it. And I think like, that's how I've evolved and changed to where, you know, we're not like, or at least for me, I'm not like a beat writer like i'm not no. like i'm not a journalist i think i'm more an entertainer like this is entertainment like you are if you're a red sox fan or a baseball fan like you're gonna you're gonna watch the game you're gonna listen to your sports radio you might still read the globe but if you want a different spin on it if you want like entertainment versus like facts and reporting you might come to to section 10 or barstool sports. It's one of those things. Cause that's how, that's how you maintain the relationships too. Like, I don't want to fucking be in a situation again where guys in the Red Sox clubhouse hate me. And I've had plenty of people tweet me being like, when I, when I tweet positive stuff about Alex Bregman, they'll be like, Oh, well, yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to fucking say anything about him because it'll ruin one of your relationships, or your podcast. And it's like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> that's uh, where that's where the money comes from like i don't i, I don't know if you like i can't pay my rent with credibility sir it's no. uh, yeah i pay my rent with with podcast downloads and if we maintain those relationships that's a good thing for me like it's it's a business like i, I it's the same thing that you would say to a journalist or a beat writer where it's like, it, it's a business. I'm just, I'm just asking these questions because it's my job. And for me, it's like, yeah, I'm just maintaining these relationships because my job depends on it. It's the same fucking thing. And you have to do that. I mean, I remember bringing you something during quarantine recently. Uh, I think it was about a month ago, month or so ago. It was during, during um, negotiations between players yes. and the owners. Yes. And I told you something that I was more than willing to allow you to go say. Mm -hmm. And... I, I, but I think I prefaced it with, I don't think you're going to do this because of a relationship, but it was something that was, was, I think was, was good. And I think mm -hmm. I would say, cause I don't have a relationship. I'm not going to say it on the pod with you. Mm -hmm. Um, but it is definitely something that you need to take into consideration when you're doing this. And I see positive Alex Bregman, you know, stuff from you all the time, Yeah, but it's part, it's all part of it. Yeah, and I'm sure Alex is a nice guy. He's he's a great guy, and and there's a difference between like fluff and doing what others are not willing to do. Like if you're if Alex Bregman was struggling really hard, and like you're digging deep for any statistic that makes it look good, like that's fluff. Like now you're just fucking looking for a reason. Mm -hmm. uh, I even like, but you, I also balance it out. Like I tweeted the other day, I was like Alex Bregman, Jose Altuve. And George Springer combined to start the year hitting 184 with a 677 OPS. Like I, I'll do that, sure, but I'll I won't be like, oh, Alex Bregman sucks, and like how it's you know it's not so easy to hit when you don't know it's coming, huh? Like I'm not gonna do that. Yeah. Um, but although I do think he would turn into the skid. Yeah, for sure. I don't think Correa or Altuve does, but I think no. Bregman would. 
Bregman would. And that's how we originally, it's the same thing with price. Like you just rip on them until they get that it's a joke. And then yeah. they're in on the joke. Like Bregman knows that now. I don't think he knew that in 2018. And I'm not really even sure that it was a joke in 2018. I think that's, that's one of those things that has been eye opening for me as you know, it is a job, but I'm, I am still like a baseball fan. Like I'm a baseball fan that does this for a living. And it probably wasn't until like the last couple of years that I realized like, Hey, if you say something about someone in this league, me specifically, they're going to fucking know that you said it. Yes. Like, like your word travels now. And the guy, like plenty of guys in the league follow me on Twitter and most of them have their fucking numbers. That's been another crazy thing, which has only enhanced like the experience for me to be a baseball fan is the fact that like Nolan Arenado is my favorite player in major league baseball. If he fucking hits three home runs in a game, I have the ability to just like text him and talk to him about it after like that's fucking nuts. Like, <laughs> like Lucas Giolito goes out there fucking complete game uh, shutout, 10 strikeouts. I can talk to him about it after Mike Soroka fucking, uh, Achilles tendon tears. I can send him a text and be like, Hey man, like I fucking hope that you get better soon and we'll see you next year. And like, you can do that now. It's fucking nuts. It's nuts. It is. But that's why you have to be careful about what you say. You, you have to. I mean, the difference between now is the, is the social media becoming a thing. And guys want to be big on social. It's growing in baseball, thank God. From, you know, it needs to. Yeah. But you bring that, and it's not like you just have a social media following. You're 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 a guy. Yeah. You're like, and when I say that, it's not like you're 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 male, obviously. But you're you're someone I like. If you texted me while I was playing, and even said, you know, maybe I gave up forty runs or something like that, which was not you know super rare. But you text me, a dude, fucking tough one today. I, I could I could fuck with you about it. I could talk to you about it, and yeah. unlike I can do if the guy from the Globe, you know, t- you know, texting me about it because you know, and, and first of all, you always had to say with those guys, you know, hey, is this off the record? Because you never know with those fucking guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is terrible. And then you know, me and you have I think done that in the past before. We've just been like, hey, we're not we don't tweet this or something. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like it's like a buddy you're talking to now instead of a media right. guy, and, and that and- changes the game. And I think a lot of guys are still like some of them have figured that out where it's like, there are guys in this league, not just on the Red Sox on, on many teams that will talk to me about whatever the fuck they want to talk about. A lot of times it's not even about baseball and they know it's not going anywhere. Cause it's not yeah. like, I just like, I talk to guys as friends and they trust me. And I, I literally like if say like, um, like a player texts me and they're like, Hey, what's the deal with so-and-so I won't tell them because if I'm willing to tell you that, then, you know, like what, like yeah. what's stopping me from telling some, someone else what something that you said. Yeah. So like, I'll even say that, like, it's like, dude, you can say whatever you want to me and know that it's not going anywhere. Um, so yeah, I think that there, there is that element of it. And like you said, like if you had, if it was, we weren't friends yet when you were playing, Mm-mm. but even if we were as close then as we are now, I like if you fucking gave up a three run bomb and the Red Sox lost three to two, I would never text you after the game and be like, dude, what the fuck? Or like way to blow the game. Like I would never do that. Like, I think the, if I texted you at all, like, cause there's obviously guys that 
I'm friends with that would have a bad game that I'm just not going to reach out to period after the game. Um, but then there are guys that you're closer to where it's like, you just want to see if they're okay. You're like, Hey man, like, don't worry about it. Like something like that. Like you're, that's what you're going to do. Um, but yeah, it is a very, very, very strange dynamic to be able to do that. Like, like with, it's pretty much any team besides the Marlins. I think the Marlins are the only team that I don't really know anyone on at this young guys. Yeah. Yeah. But I think your dynamic is so different because you're now, and it's something that I kind of struggle with. I'm starting to know less and less guys in the league now because, you know, I'm getting older and, you know, the average actual lifespan of a, of a big league baseball player is like a year and a half. So it's, you know, I'm not, most of my guys, unless they became someone, you know, yeah. are pretty much out of the league now. Yeah. Um, but I still struggle with it. And you're at, at a 10 times level than I am because you now know a, a lot of big leaguers and a lot of the big names in sports, which you're going to be talking about more than you'd be talking about the other guys. Mm-hmm. And now you're writing about friends. You're no longer writing about you know, big league baseball players, you're writing about someone who is a friend of yours. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, you know, how mean can I get, you know, who, what's this guy's personality? You know, it's, it changes the dynamic of your writing so much in the way you speak on, you know, podcasts about these people, because again, it's, it's a friend now, now, like, you know, I'm sure it goes through your head sometimes. Maybe I just don't even touch this subject. Maybe I just stay away. I don't want to insult the guy or, or I don't want to get involved in this because it's a friend, not, just I'm going to say whatever now because I don't know any of these guys. And I don't give a fuck if they see it. Yeah. I, I think, um, you know, with starting nine, it, it's, you know, Dallas and I are on the same wavelength where we do view it as entertainment. Like I think like our objective is more to grow the game and get fans excited and passionate about baseball and break the barrier of baseball being a regional sport. Like I, I sit, I sit here uh, every single night, like watching baseball, like the Red Sox are over at like 10, 10 30. And I'll be up here until one, one watching fucking out of market games. And I love it, you know? And, and I think like that's, it's different for me because I'm staring at a wall with six TVs and it's like, all right, one dude throws a pitch and you just look at a different screen. So you're, you're constantly engaged versus like, yeah, I'm going to turn on like the Padres and D backs tonight. And I'm just going to sit there and watch that for three hours. Like that's that to me, wouldn't be something that I'd be all gung ho about, but you give me six TVs when I can just rotate my attention all around so that I'm constantly watching something happening. Um, yeah, like that's, that's how you do it. But, uh, I think with like starting nine and now like Twitter, like I, I've kind of just like how pitching ninja on Twitter, like, pitchers get excited to be featured by him mm-hmm. like big leaguers are paying attention to pitching ninja tweeting out their their shit and like highlighting it like guys that might not be the trevor bowers of the of the league or the J, uh, jacob de groms or the max scherzers like there's like Chaz Rowe, a fucking reliever for the tampa bay rays like everyone knows that he has one of the filthiest sliders in baseball because like pitching ninja made it like a thing. Like he's, he's a reliever for the thing. I don't even think he's their closer. Like he's just, uh, you know, this is just a guy that has a filthy slider, but now everyone knows and people get excited to be featured on pitching ninjas, Twitter account. That's what I'm trying to do. 
where, you know, I'm literally sitting here every single night watching every single baseball game. And I've created like a Twitter list that has every single team's like a broadcasting account. Like I have access to every single highlight and I tweet it the second that it becomes available every single night. Like if I think, um, like a dude like Edwin Rios, like, do you even know what team he's on? No, no clue. Dodgers. And he has one of the sweetest home run swings. And it's like, all right, I'm going to like, every time this dude homers, because I love his home run swing so much, I'm going to tweet his fucking homers and I'm going to talk about how much I love his home run swing. Like, so I want to be like the pitching ninja, but of like offense almost like I love homers. I love when guys pimp homers. I love homers that are fucking, I love pull homers. I don't, I'm not a big oppo guy. Like, an, an oppo that's, homer that's for me, cool. no it doesn't do it for me and i know that people like are like oh my god Andy went oppo it's like well when i was growing up like if you went oppo that means that you were late <laughs> like <laughs> like you were late on the fastball and it's like you couldn't pull it because you're a bitch um so yeah like that's that's kind of where i'm at where i want to you know obviously my a majority of my audience is boston but i think it's definitely grown to all different kinds of markets and I, I want to continue to, you know, showcase players that maybe you're just not paying attention to. It's almost like, like I'm trying to make my Twitter feed, uh, the red zone of major league baseball. And I don't think that that like, that's not like beat writers that probably drives them fucking crazy. Cause it's like, well, we got to be down the middle and we can't be fans. And it's like, well, fuck you. I am a fan and I'm getting more engagement than you. I'm getting more downloads than you. I'm getting more video views than you. So suck my dick. Like that, that's how you want to do it. That's fine. This is how I do it. And it's working better. They don't want to do it that way. They're, they're bitter because they can't do it your way. And they prefer that. Correct. Yeah. No, no one, no one sits at home when they're talking about the Red Sox off the record with, you know, these, these globe or whatever. I'm not picking on the globe. It's the only paper I know in Boston, mm-hmm. but it, you know, they don't sit down and talk all PC like they do in their paper. They talk about bullshit just like you do. Only you get to do it in the public eye. It's a very different ballgame. And that's why you're way more successful than these people and will continue to grow as much as you do. However, I want to bring something up. Okay. You recently, yeah. in the last 15 minutes, talked about reaching for a statistic. Yes. Yep. Just finding something and mm-hmm. making it look better. Yeah. As everyone knows, my most, my most you know, popular game was my game with the Angels. 20 to 2, yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and again, I tweeted this out yesterday, and I made a note for anyone that commented the score that that was not relevant to the topic and to please stay relevant. Yes. Uh, so I'd appreciate that with you as well. Of course. Um. So tweeted out, you know, the strikeout first trap, whatever, my, my Angels game. Mm-hmm. And a gentleman uh, <laughs> brought up a statistic uh-huh. that is quite not, I wouldn't say positive for me. It's just more neutral, but it's very hard to find an even neutral <laughs> yeah. statistic from that game. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea. This, I'm not a big, I'm not a big. Um, Sabermetrics uh, guy. What is it? Sabermetrics? Sabermetrics. Yeah. No, I've never been a big, I've never been big on that. Um, but there's a stat. In my book here. Okay. WPA. Do you know what it stands for? Uh, it's probably like weighted pitching. <laughs> and you're just saying pitching because you know it's stat about me. But yeah, <laughs> it is win probability added. And I want to ah. make no- I want to make a note here that my good friend Jared Carabas knows pretty much every statistic in the game. Yeah. So this just just shows you how much I'm reaching here. 
<laughs> I mean, I've, I've heard of win probability added. I just said, I haven't heard of it as WPA. Okay. So WPA. So now it can be uh, zero, a positive number or a negative number, negative number, meaning that you hurt your team pretty aggressively yeah. positive being you helped your team, you know, win the game or get yeah. a chance to win the game. Zero being you did nothing like yeah. you were, you're just yeah. there. Yeah. Zero. Oh, see, I, that's why I would almost discredit this statistic because you hold on, wait for it. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> I, need you, I need you to be patient here. This is, I'm, I'm circling back around to a compliment. Okay. Love that. Like the fact that, uh, WPA viewed you as a zero wait for your career or just that game, just that game. That's incorrect. You struck out Mike Trout. Like the fact that you could be like, like put it this way. If a zero is, oh, that, that was a guy that he just showed up. He was just kind of there. Like maybe he was in left field and no balls were hit to left field. So he got a zero. Um, pretty sure striking out Mike Trout would put you in very much in the positives. Like that has a direct impact on the game, taking Mike Trout off the base paths and keeping him in the yard. Like that's more than a zero. So this statistic is, it's malarkey. It, you know what? I was sitting here as you were saying that, and the, the word that came to my head was malarkey. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad you used that. Thank um, you. I, you know, listen, I'm okay with a zero, but now that you've mentioned, I totally forgot to struck out Mike Trout. You know. You did. Yeah. Totally forgot. Yeah. I actually I had to go back because it was his birthday yesterday, which is why people were yes I heard about that. tweeting a lot about Mike Trout, mm -hmm. and uh, I was like, you know what? I I'm pretty sure I have a friend that struck out Mike Trout. Mm -hmm. Um, I think of the year is 2016. I, I went back and I was looking through the archives. Okay. Um, cause he doesn't strike out often cause he's the best player on planet earth. Correct. Um, so to be able to look through his strikeouts from 2016 and I kept scanning and I kept scanning. And then I finally came across the 20 to two game at Fenway park between the Boston Red Sox and the Los Angeles angels of Anaheim, formerly of California. And there was Pat light striking out Mike Trout. And I remembered that was the one. Well, listen, again, I don't, you know, I struck out so many people in my career. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, they all kind of blend in. Mm -hmm. uh, but if Mike was in there, I mean, I'll take your word for it. Yeah. I no, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't remember, you know, too big yeah. time for that. Yeah. Um, but as we've stated before, I've stated this before and you know, this, sorry, we're closed. Not a baseball podcast. No. Not a baseball podcast. No. Um, I, I want to give a little insight. One of the reasons I, one of the main reasons I will say, although not the actual main reason, but one of the main reasons I did not make it a baseball podcast was just from the sole, friend, sole factor of being a friend to Mr. Jared Carabas yeah. and not wanting anything to do with trying to compete with the gentleman. Right. Well, well here, here's the thing. I, I respect the hell out of that, Pat. Yeah. Um, I, I, I want you to do whatever it is that your heart desires because, um, this, 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 th what you're doing right here, we're just grooming you. That's all. We're just grooming you until you get called up to the big leagues. And, um, you know, the big leagues being Boston, you know, we're building the podcast studio and, uh, the launching pad right now, just bought the, uh, the podcast table. Um, I bought, uh, some stools and, uh, you know what else I bought? What'd you buy? I bought four mics. Wow. Bought four mics. Um, and as you'll see, there's only three people on the podcast right yeah. now. 
you're not familiar with that guys. There's, it's only Jared, uh, Steve and Coley currently on the pod. Right. So the fact that we went out there and got four mics, that seat's just waiting for you to, to come on up and take it. Listen, and it would be my pleasure as people that listen to this podcast know, um, I, I frequented the section 10, uh, podcast, uh, it is a tremendous podcast, uh, a tremendous one. Um, it's one of my one of my favorites, if not my favorite. It has to be number two now, just based off. I have to make my own my favorite, right? Yep. Um, but uh, listen, it's one B. Yeah, no, for sure. It's it's right there. Um, this is the only other podcast that I listen to. I don't really listen to podcasts, but I neither do I. I have listened to yours. Yeah, I, which is interesting. I made decided to make a podcast, and I don't listen really by podcasts. Yeah, once you once you start doing it, it's like uh, you know you kind of fall out of listening to other ones, but. Mm-hmm. Um, this is on my list of, of podcasts that I will listen to. Well, listen, so we, let's dive in here a little bit. I always try to tell some people I, I hubs was on my, my, uh, my podcast recently and mm-hmm. I dove into, he's, he's frequented, uh, Greenwright. He's actually coming tonight. Um, he's kind of a, he's kind of an, uh, an idiot. If, if you haven't listened to the story, I don't think you've ever been there with hubs getting thrown out of the bar. Um, but he, he has come several times now, and with me, who owns the place, I pay mm-hmm. the people mm-hmm. that are throwing him out of the bar, mm-hmm. and he gets he manages to get thrown out. Yeah, he he, he only has two settings: it's either sober or blackout hubs. And um, he gets blacked out. Let me tell you, whiskey he does get blacked out. Yeah, mm-hmm. whiskey, coke, and fireball shots. Yep. If I, well, the fireball shots are from you. It's true. It's the only shot he apparently will do. Yeah. Um, I'm a big shot guy. Uh, as everyone who's ever been out with me knows, mm. um, I you know what I started switching up my alcoholic beverages to uh, mm-hmm. like Tito's and like uh, I don't even know what the fuck it is like raspberry some some fucking some fucking drink. It's like a it's like it's like uh, soda water. Raspberry seltzer. Yeah, 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 I guess. But you I throw guess. some Tito's in that bitch. Yeah, that's I've, I've kind of been doing some of those. Interesting, too. interesting. I know yeah. a lot of people that do uh, uh, Tito's, and, and Tito's and soda with a splash of cranberry. Yeah, that's that's what it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, a very yeah. popular drink. Yeah, it's very good. Popular. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people like the cranberry juice is so uh, pungent that it really takes any taste of vodka away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's all drink. It's all drink. But... Yeah. Uh, if you haven't been out with my good friend, Jared before, um, he's been to green rock once now. Mm-hmm. He will also be the first ever Jersey retired at green rock. Yeah. And, and just to, just to reciprocate, I am getting a custom palette Jersey that I want you to sign and inscribe so that I can hang out there. The literally when I went to go see my apartment for the first time, I walked in and there was just a strip of wall in between the windows that looks the perfect space for a frame Jersey. And I FaceTimed Pat while I was there to ask him if he would sign and inscribe. I couldn't even wait to go home. Like I FaceTimed him right then and there. And I was like, I need you to, to sign and inscribe a Pat Light Jersey because I feel like I need it in my new home. So, well, listen, that's a true story, folks. Um, I'm obviously obliging. I'm, I will, it would be my honor to, to autograph that Jersey and have it hanging in Mr. Carabas's house. Um, again, as he will be in my own bar, granted mine was, uh, I lost a bet, 
But, <laughs> uh, and I, I will say that gets mentioned quite a bit at Green Rock nowadays uh, yeah. about where's the jersey. Um, and I said I would put it in there when we have, we want to have a ceremony. A ceremony. We don't want just, you know, your run of the mill, all of a sudden it's there. Right. Yeah. No. We want, we want a ceremony. Yeah. Um, as well as bringing in rocket fuel. Mm hmm. Which I told you uh, the other week, which I think I have a good idea for it. I don't know what's in the drinks. I'm not a bartender, uh, but it's um, it's a very popular drink down the shore. Yeah, and we're gonna spice it up a little bit. It's got Red Bull in it, which is the the main ingredient we need for rocket fuel. You can't call it rocket fuel and put orange juice or something. No, you can't. Um, so uh, we have that as well. But Hubs made note of on this last podcast I did that he is gunning for the top barstool friend of mine. <laughs> and he thinks that he's making a significant push and a significant, he's making up significant ground on you due to his ability to be at green rock consistently. So it, my counter to that, mm -hmm. let's hear it is, um, our connection is so strong that I don't even have to be there to still maintain a 500 game lead on hubs. And also point number two, if hubs was such a great friend of yours, he wouldn't go to green rock all the time to take advantage of your business that you're trying to take money on and just be like, yeah, I'm not going to pay you for any of these drinks. I'm just going to go there and drink for free. He's basically taking advantage of you. He's the opposite of what a good friend would be. Whereas I will just talk about green rock on a podcast to hopefully drive business there. And Hey, let's hang the Jersey there so that we can have people that want to go and take pictures. Hey, here's a suggestion for a drink that you can have at green rock. That'll bring you more business. Whereas hubs is just like, Hey, we're closer friends because I go to your bar and drink for free because I don't want want to just like go to a bar that's closer to me and actually have to pay for it. Yeah. Great fucking friend hubs. You're a scumbag. I'm an actual friend that creates revenue for Pat. So fuck you. It's not even close. Well, there you have it folks. That, that was uh, a tremendous response. I look forward to hearing uh, hubs's rebuttal. I know already know what he's going to say. Um, but uh, listen, you're not wrong. Yeah. I mean, he's, I will, I will full disclosure. Yeah. I made him pay for some of his stuff last time. Anytime he comes with a big group, some of his stuff, some of his stuff. I get, so anytime he's, never, shots, he's never paid full price. Never, never once. No, no. Okay. So no, yeah. no, never once. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, but we talked about your, your appearance at green rock. Mm -hmm. Um, and what seems to be, if everyone doesn't know, Jared's not a huge drinker. He likes to hang out, have a few drinks, but nothing crazy. Yeah. Um, and it seems as though you're a big people watch guy. Yeah. I will. I, it's not that I'm a big people watch guy. It's more so that, uh, I am always on the lookout for people that are watching me. I'm very paranoid okay. and, uh, more so in New York, I guess Boston too, but it's just for different reasons. Like I think when I'm at, when I'm out in New York, I have to watch out like, cause, because people in New York don't like me because they, yes. they, they think like the rocket character is a real thing. They think that I'm, I really am like this loud mouth, obnoxious asshole when really I kind of just want to sit there and like talk to my friends and like chill. Um, that night that I was there, there was like some Yankee fan that walked up to me with like his phone and just stuck it in my face and was like video recording me. Did you so throw, just, throw the phone? I slapped it out of his hand. Yeah. Yeah. I slapped it out of his hand. Um, 
but yeah, like that's, that was, that's a fucking nightmare to like be out in New York. Like that's why I didn't really go out much in New York. It wasn't like that. I feared for my safety. It was just this uncomfortable feeling of paranoia, feeling like I'm being watched and it's not exactly paranoia because like, it's true. Like if I go out in New York, I am being watched. People are watching me. And the difference between Boston and New York is that in Boston, people are excited to see me. So it's exciting for me to meet people that are excited to meet me. Uh, but in New York, it's like, I don't know if this guy is like videotaping me so that he can put it on his Snapchat and be like, look at this fucking dickhead or like, it's like it, people like there's one dude that like kept elbowing me at one time I was at a bar, like shit like that, where, it makes it so that you don't want to go out. And that's why I didn't, I didn't really, I was like, this is not worth the hassle of the whole experience. Like I, if I really want to like go get a drink, there's, there was uh, a bar right down the street from my apartment that like no one goes to. I was like, I can just go there or I can have like one of my friends in my apartment. I can go to one of my friend's apartment. We can like have drinks or whatever. Uh, It just wasn't worth the hassle to like go to an actual bar. Listen, I understand. I remember a friend of yours asking me that you came with that night. A friend of yours asking um, if I could put a bouncer near you. Yes. Um, and I remember asking you, and you told me it was not necessary. And I wasn't just going to go with what this friend said. Right. Um, because although I love you, Jared, I also have to have bouncers around other people. Um, yeah. <laughs> so right. Stationing one. That was the biggest thing. We had Eli Manning and Daniel Jones and a bunch of Giants guys show up to the, the bar unannounced mm-hmm. and really unexpected because they had played in Washington that day. It wasn't even at MetLife. Mm-hmm. And we had to station three or four bouncers around them because it's Eli. You know, Daniel right. Jones shows up, you know, we have maybe one guy around just to be safe. Mm-hmm. But Eli is a big deal. Mm-hmm. So we had to, and now there's other parts of the bar now that are unattended for and, and fights happen at Green Rock. They sure do. They, that, that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes sense though. Now that why you stood up on that top of that, uh, bench instead of sit, sitting a lot of times yes. people get, get you up there. Correct. Is, uh, also much more well known that you're there. Yes. Uh, but a lot tougher for people to put their phone in their, in your face. Correct. Um, yes. Um, but I think, you know, it's, it's one of those things that it's part of the job, I guess, but you would just, you would expect, adults to be able to tell the difference between um like shtick and real person and that like treating someone like a zoo animal is a very weird thing to do like just going up to a complete stranger and sticking your camera phone in their face and just like videoing them like without asking or like prefacing it or anything like that like it's very very bizarre to me um but it is what it is. And, and I think like, you know, like when I'm in Boston, it's less of like a paranoia. Like I don't like this and a more just like, this is weird, but kind of cool. Like when I, if I go to a bar in Boston, you can just like, people know that you're there, but like, it's more of like a, Hey, like, you know, that that's so-and-so versus like, Oh, that's so-and-so. Like, yes. There's very different, big, very yeah. different mentality. Although very, I will tell very, you, very different. I love my people in Boston. There are a few that are pretty tough to hang out with. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. A little PSA for people. If you're listening to this, if you come up to me, I can't speak for Jared I yep. won't, and I won't, I will never do that. Yep. But if you come up to me at a bar and I don't know you, 
you know, come talk to me. I'm, I'm, I'm probably excited to meet you. It's still cool. I'm still a regular person. It's still cool that people want to meet me. So like, I'm okay with it. Come talk to me and then leave. <laughs> We're not besties now. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about. Do yeah. not just hang around me yeah. the entire evening. I don't know you. Yeah. We run out of conversation in two minutes. Yep. I, and I, and I don't, I, so it's, I appreciate you and all that blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I don't, I don't care to keep talking to you. Like you introduce yourself and move on. Don't just surround yourself around me for the entire evening. Yeah. Um, and then now I know I'm in your, all of your Snapchats. I know I'm in your Instagram stories. Like I know I'm everywhere now that you've been and you, you know, pretending to video yourself is not fooling anyone. Right. I know what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that's a pet peeve of mine. Yeah, I agree. I'm with you on that in terms of like the people secretly filming you thing. Like I, I just call people out on it. Like I, if I see someone doing it, I just, just ask. And then like, they'll freak out or run away or like they'll get embarrassed or whatever. But like, if anyone ever tries to secretly take a picture of me or video me, I will just call them out on it. Like if they're trying to be discreet about it, like I don't care. Also, I have 1000% normalized Irish goodbying. Like, I think, no, I don't, I, I got to a point where people were no longer offended by that. They That's just, good. they grew to look up and I was gone like Batman just gone. And, uh, I think it was just because, um, yeah, like I, not to get too deep into it, but like the social anxiety thing, became it was the worst it had ever been in 2019. And I, would just dip all the time. Like I, like I would go out because I felt like, you know, like if you were listening to section 10, I would do the meet and greet, like in the meet and greets got fucking crazy in 2019. Like it used to be like in 2018 for parts of it, I would be like, all right, I'm at the game. Like meet me at gate D after the game, 10, 15 people would show up. It'd be cool. 20. Um, and then I was coming home for every weekend series of 2019. Uh, and every weekend series, Friday and Saturday night, I would do a meet and greet at Gate D, and there would be like a fucking hundred people out there every single time, every night, every night, a hundred people. And it was cool because like they're excited to see you, but it is super overwhelming to walk out of a gate and see a swarm of people that just like start screaming the second that you show up there. And like, I I will take the time to meet and take a picture with every single one of them. And then like, after that though, like the day is so long and exhausting. Like if it's a one o'clock game or whatever, if it's like a seven o'clock game, like I'm getting to the park, like at like one o'clock, like I'm, I'm getting there to like do all this shit, like do interviews, like talk to people at batting practice, go to the opposing teams, dugout, meet some of those guys. And then you're watching the game, you're live tweeting the game. So it's a, it's a long day. And then you do the meet and greet. And then after that, you kind of just want to go to the bar and like let loose with your friends. But then it's kind of like meet and greet Mm 2.0, but with alcohol. So, I, the reason why I love the meet and greet at gate D is because I would say most of those people are sober. They're just like diehard section 10 fans that they want to like get a picture and hang out and meet you or whatever. But then when you go to the bar, you bring, you, you like have alcohol in the equation. And that's when people like yours talking about, like, don't respect like the, like the boundaries of like, Hey, like I'm happy to meet you. Happy to like talk to you for a little bit, but like, 
I am hanging out with my friends and I do just want to like have a good, like normal, good time, but like, like happy to take the picture, happy to talk to you for like a little bit. But then it's when people are like, all right, let's spend the rest of the night together. (laughs) It's like, no, 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 no. So like when, like when, like when I do get like clingers or like sometimes like there was a, there was a girl during the world series that would not leave me alone. Um, so I escaped out the back through the kitchen and she like chased me down and I was getting in my Uber and she wouldn't let me close the door. She was like, I'm coming with you. And I was like, no, the fuck you're not. I was like, get the fuck out of here. Uh, yeah, it was crazy. It was like the fucking Beatles. (laughs) Like you, like you couldn't cause like the world series was the peak, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's like, I don't know. I just, I get, sometimes it, it just, it becomes too much, but I, I try to do as much as I can because like, I'm not big cat. I'm not someone that can not do stuff like that. I'm not saying big cat doesn't do things for like his fans, but like mm-hmm. I go to every single fucking weekend game and I yeah. do a meet and greet every Friday, every Saturday, as long as it takes as many people, as many pictures as you want, whatever, like with fuck, every single game, like, I don't think anyone else at Barstool is doing that for their audience uh, as often. Um, but like Big Cat can afford to not be as like, hey, it's like Accessible. meet me. Yes. Yeah. Like because he just people are going to love him regardless. Yes. I don't have that same luxury. Like I'm a like I understand like I cover the whole league. I'm a baseball guy. But I also know that like my like the people that are going to be diehard fans of me those are red Sox people yes. so like i will always go over the top do whatever they want and be as accessible as possible like even if it means that i'm like super uncomfortable like i'll still put myself in a position to like give them an, an experience that's gonna like make them a fan for life like that's that's like my goal is um they think that you're funny on the podcast. They enjoy the entertainment value that you get from the podcast. But like, are you that guy in real life? Like, can you give them an experience that like, like confirms what they thought about you before meeting you? And like, that's what I try to do. And that's why, that's why I don't like everyone like makes fun of me. Like, cause I don't drink at games. It's because I don't want to be like, get too drunk at a game and then meet someone and then give them a bad experience <laughs> because like, I'm, I'm worried about like losing one listener. Like if I, like if I was just like drunk and in a bad mood, like if I was like dating someone and we got into a fight and I was drunk and then like, someone's like, Hey, can I get a picture? And I'm like, dude, not right now. Like I'm not in a good mood. Like then they hate you. Now they don't listen to your podcast. Now they tell their friends that you're a dick. Like that's never happened. Like I've, I've never, ever, ever turned down like a picture request or like a conversation request or anything like that. Never done it. But you're not yourself when you're drunk. So that's why I don't drink at games. Like if you want to, like, usually if I go to like the bar after the game, you're uh, like, I'm a happy drunk. Like yeah, of course, 99% right. of the time I am a happy drunk. Um, but you know, you enter life into the equation and, and it can steer your mood in a completely different direction when alcohol is involved. Listen, I don't know if there's anyone in this world that knows that better <laughs> I have made an enormous amount of mistakes. And as now, now I'm, I'm trying, you know, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing stuff more in the media and stuff like that. One of the biggest reasons that I'm as even as popular as I am, which is still a fraction of what you are, but is because of how accessible I've been. I've been, I obviously I can make fun of myself. That's what people love. People love, you know, coming at me about my career ERA 
and I'm okay with it. Like I'll go okay. back at you in a good way, not like in a mean way. Mm-hmm. Um, but my accessibility is, is also through the roof. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately for me, I own a enormous Yankee bar and everyone you've been to green rock, you know, everyone is on a different level of drunk there. Mm-hmm. And I, I've had many occasions that just go really poorly. And eventually you're honestly, you're just like, fuck off. Mm-hmm. Like I had one girl come up to me once while I'm dating Chelsea. And I don't think she was hitting on me, but it had a girl come up to me, start talking to me and was like, Hey, you're Pat. I was like, yeah. She's like, Oh, you know, I know so-and-so they always know someone that you, they think, mm-hmm. you know. and I always just pretend I know the person, even though I'd never know the person, but I'm like, Oh, of course. Yeah. Great guy. You know? <laughs> and, and she literally would not stop following me. And eventually, you know, I'm having drinks as well and I'm, it's a Friday night. So I'm, I'm managing quote unquote, you see how I manage, I manage that <laughs> managing that night. So eventually I always go, Hey, listen, I got to work. Sorry. And I'll go behind the bar. I don't do anything behind the bar besides give away free shots, but I'm doing, I pretend she's on it. She's standing there waiting for me. There's only one exit from the bar. She's standing there waiting for me at the she end. Have friends? Me. Huh? She doesn't have friends. Nope. No fucking clue. But she, then at one point I was like, listen, I don't know you. And she got all offended. And I was just like, she, and she's saying the most ridiculous shit. And I was I like, I, listen, I don't, I don't know. What's her like, line? What'd she go with? Honestly, I don't even remember, but she was so drunk and so embarrassing of herself and, and being rude to me at, at certain points where I was just like, listen, you got to leave me alone. Get me the hell out of here. Yeah. And eventually I ended up getting her thrown out of the bar, which is also, I probably didn't get it, gain a fan there. No, but, but at one point you just got it. You got it. You have to, I can't, I can't handle this anymore. And have that's to. one of the downfalls Like you have a, have a part of your night where it, it's at the bar. A lot of my nights consist of the entire bar uh, yes. just being there. And it, it is, it is. And as I grow in popularity, especially, you know, 90% of my, my followers are Red Sox fans. And I tweet about the Red Sox quite a bit. So in a lot, most of my people that there are Yankee fans that are coming, you know, talking shit. Like I had the last weekend, I got up to get a drink. I'm tweeting on you know, my buddies there. I'm tweeting from my laptop and watching the Yankee Red Sox game. And I get up to get a drink because, you know, the Red Sox weren't doing so well. And I come back and my Twitter's blowing up. And I was like, well, what's happening? And I see that in all caps, I love the Yankees. Oh, Yeah. 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 And I'm like, and I look at the guy, oh, Corey, what, what are you doing? Why? Are you, I mean, I'm not going to delete it. I know that's going to be a great tweet. People are going right. to That's about that. But why did you, why, why are we doing, why are we yeah. doing this? Yeah. So, you know, listen, it, it, it's, you take everything with a grain of salt, but I will go to bat for you and say, I was there in 2019 twice. Mm-hmm. And um, I even gave you shit for it because I'm a, a little bit less nice than you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and at one point I am going to call it on, on the amount of people there. Yeah. Um, I understand how it's difficult to do that because you're like the next person's like, Oh, just one more. And then yeah, everyone yeah. says that if you call it. Um, but I remember, I think I left you at one point yeah. uh, and just met, it's like, I'll meet you at the bar. Yeah. And I think I actually slowed down walking because you were almost done. And I was with one of your friends and I realized 
I can't get into the bar here <laughs> <laughs> without you because there's obviously right. a line down through you know down the block for a baseball right. tavern. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I, I guess I can't go anywhere. But you do do a great job with your fan base. Um, I will give you that. And I'm not one to not drink during games. I usually have a couple scotches up there with you, um, which is a real treat. Uh, and it's too bad we can't do that this year. But yeah, it is. It is too bad, especially because now they're closing the baseball tavern. So I don't know what that means in terms of. Well, again, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, and I'm pretty sure you know this. Uh, so it makes me think that I'm not allowed to say this. Um, but it's coming back. Yeah, it's coming back, but it yeah. won't be the same. I think it's just like it's supposed to be like a rooftop bar or something like that, right? Something like that. Either that, or it's like a basement bar where the, like the rest oh, of the it. building is like uh, dorms or some shit like that. But like the first yeah. floor yeah. is the baseball tavern. Something stupid. I don't know. I don't know what they'll do, but. Um, seems stupid too. Who's going to want to live above that? You're not only, you're immediately making your clientele only college kids or people that work at the bar. Correct. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't know what becomes of the baseball tavern, but it was, it was definitely a fun era to, uh, you know, be able to go to the games and, you know, you get to a point where you can just go like walk into Fenway. Like that's, you know, you tell, you tell, 13 year old Jared that, Hey, someday you're going to be able to just walk into Fenway whenever you want. And you won't need like a badge. You won't need a ticket. You won't need nothing. You just walk up to the gate and they'll be like, right this way. <laughs> like, like you tell 13 year old Jared that, and he fucking passes out. So like that experience and being able to, you know, do like the meet and greet stuff, which again is, I think a lot of it too, is like, you know, my parents have supported me since day one with this. Like, even when, if, if I were my dad, at, there were multiple points during all this where if I were my dad, I would have been like, dude, just fucking give it up. Like, this is embarrassing. Like, <laughs> like it's not going to happen. Like, you're, you're just a fan. Like, it's not, like, you're never going to be able to, like pay the bills doing this. Like you're never like, this is not going to amount to something where you're going to be able to support yourself. It's a nice little side hobby, but I think you need to like focus, you know, elsewhere to get like a real job with benefits. And if you still want to write on the side, there's no one saying that you can't do that. Uh, Like that's, Honestly, like I would have said that to me like multiple times. Sound advice for some people. Yeah. So like, when I go to the games with my parents, like that's when I think I enjoy it the most because it's like, look what you guys did. Like, you know, you guys supported me and there's no fucking chance. Like it would have gotten to the point where it's at now. If you guys didn't just like, let me keep trying. Like, like it didn't, it was eight years, eight, eight fucking years before I like started to get paid from it. Um, And even when I started to get paid, it was $500 a month. Like I was still like, I got my business degree and I was working a a desk job that I hated, uh, just for like the 40 grand a year and the benefits, like, cause I was 26. So it's like, you come off your parents' health insurance. Um, so like I still did went that path because I didn't want that conversation. Like, cause I knew I knew, like, I wasn't stupid. I wasn't like, dad, I'm going to make it. Like I was kind of, like, I had multiple times where I was like, yeah, I don't think this is, this is going to work out. So I made the decision to go back to college. I made the decision to get a, a marketing job for the benefits and, and the, and the paycheck. Because I think if they had to have that conversation with me, 
it, it would have had a way worse effect on me than if I had that conversation with myself. Yes. Like I can say to me, Hey, let's pivot. Let's but if someone it. else says to me, like, let's pivot, like that's when you kind of get like the self doubt. I never had self doubt. I think it was more just like, I know I'm good at this. I know that if I get a shot that I'll crush it, but I can't force someone to give me a shot. And like the second that Dave gave me a shot, it was like, boom, gone. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that's why like, you know, I, I, when I go to games with my parents, like I get a real kick out of, you know, cause like the, when it's the same thing for me, when you record a podcast, it's me and you, like, there's no one else here. Like mm -hmm. when we're in studio, there's no one else there. When you write a blog, you're by yourself. Uh, when you do a video, it's like, it's you and whoever else is in it. Like, it's not like you're in a band and you go up on stage and you can see people singing your lyrics. And there's like a, th like 10,000 screaming people there. So those moments where you do walk outside that gate and there are like over a hundred screaming people there that are excited to see you. Like that's when you can be like, Hey mom, Hey dad, like we did it. Like, yeah. like these people are excited and it's because of what you guys like allowed me to be able to do for, for a living. Listen, it is very difficult for parents. Um, it takes a special breed of parents to be able to stick through that. Mm -hmm. Um, I know my mother has asked me to get a real job. I decided to use <laughs> my money to buy a job. Um, yeah. that was, it's my, it's, it's, I wanted to get things. I, I have two restaurants. I wanted to get places that brought me income without me having to work there and that I could go do something I wanted and try to build it while it was way my way of appeasing my mother. Uh, Hey, I got, I got stuff coming in. We're good there. And now I can go do my stuff and, and build it until it makes me money. Hopefully, um, and it, you know, it's worked out so far until the pandemic hit. And then, you know, that whole thing happened. They stopped making me money. But uh, listen, it is, I still think million dollar deal alert. I still think a replacing, finding real estate close to Fenway and replacing the baseball tavern with a section 10 bar. Um, listen, I, I think mean, that, I, I, think that be... I think that works. I think that that plays. Yeah. I think that plays. Yeah. I think that uh, that would be a worthwhile investment for the both of us. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would be, I would have to get licensing. Uh, you have to get, get me in contact with the right people at Barstool for licensing agreement. Mm -hmm. But cause you don't, I assume you don't own section 10. Um, I, I think I do. I think I do. Really? Yeah. I think cause it was grandfathered in, uh, like section 10 existed before I was full-time at Barstool. Yeah. Ah, interesting. Because I know the whole call her daddy thing. I followed that a little bit. Yeah. I remember that, that was, was birthed under Barstool, whereas section 10 was not. Was not. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Well, then we might not, we might, it might just be a Jared and Pat thing, Yeah, which would be even better because it would be less, um, a licensing fee would be a real pain in the ass. Um, but you know, that's for another time. Nice. Uh, but listen, Jared, absolute pleasure. I was supposed to be managing my bar 20 minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> so I should probably head over there. Yeah. But, um, I mean, the only person that can fire you is you. So I think you're true. safe. Yeah. And honestly, even if I do have some partners over there, even yeah. if they asked me to stop managing cause I'm being irresponsible, I would welcome it. I don't want to manage. So yeah, for sure. <laughs> fire me, please. Yes. Um, but uh, listen, it is an absolute pleasure, um, as it always is. Um, we got to hang out more, man. You know, it's, yeah. I know. Are you? Are you? Have you made it public your current location? Um, I haven't, but I think people have figured it out. I mean, I could, I could understand unless you all of a sudden started making like four million dollars a year. I don't know. That place would be way more expensive than that. Yeah. 
this place is um, yeah if this if i had this apartment in manhattan it would easily be objectively like eighty five hundred dollars a month i think you're probably considerably underpricing that yeah i think so too yeah like looking at like like this is this is aren't you yeah, this this place is it's bigger than Dave's apartment. Yeah, you're you're ta- you're talking in the team. <laughs> uh, at the very least, you're talking. I think you're talking thirteen to seventeen thousand dollars a month. Yeah, I think I'm pretty yeah. sure like Dave's apartment is like ten to fifteen ish, and it's bigger than Dave's apartment. Not to brag, but I remember Matt Harvey. Not to get off topic here, I remember Matt Harvey when he was playing for the Mets. Yeah, at the peak, his apartment was twenty five thousand a month. That's fucking ridiculous. Ridiculous. Like, why do you need that? Do you have a relationship with him? I do not. No. Okay. I will tell you that. I probably shouldn't tell you this, but I will tell you that we don't have that many listeners yet. So I will <laughs> tell you, um, Boris, they, Scott actually intervened and um, told him not to do it. And they don't get involved in your financial decisions. Yeah. Uh, obviously, for, you know, then that's not what they do. But right. they were like, we're, we're doing everything we can to get him to not do this. <laughs> Because he hadn't signed a deal yet. Right. He was Did still, he do it he was, anyway? I think he was in arbitration. Ah. So like he wasn't, he still wasn't making, he wasn't making stupid money. Yeah. I mean, good money, obviously. It's daily baseball, but still it was, it was a horrible decision to be spending over a quarter million dollars on rent in one year. Yeah, no, that's, that's very, very stupid. Ill-advised, I would Ill-advised. say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ill-advised. Mm-hmm. But anyway, again, absolute pleasure, Jared. Um, if fun. you guys, for some reason are listening to me and don't know Jared's podcasts, um, please go take a look at Jared's, you know, section 10 and starting nine and morning wood. And what was the other one? CC something. CCK. CCK. I've never heard that. That's uh, the Sirius XM radio show with me, Kevin and Casey. What channel? Uh, power 85. Power 85. I have Sirius XM. Oh yeah. Wow. It's in my car. Yeah. I don't, I don't typically listen to it. Usually Monday through Friday, two to 3 PM. Power 85. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, listen to any of those things. Listen to all of them. Uh, go follow Jared everywhere. And, uh, you know what, let me, before we go, let me just say this. Please. I used to, I used to do like the pay it forward, like do like podcasts all the time. Like, Mm -hmm. like random people that would be like, Hey, can you do my podcast? Can you do my podcast? I stopped doing that. And I, I, I do still want to like pay it forward and stuff, but like, I also know that it's, it's the same questions over and over again. And the reason why I was so excited to do this with you is because I don't remember the last time that I was a guest on a podcast with someone that I was like super comfortable with where I was like actually going to open up and talk about things versus like give canned answers that I've given a million times. Like, I feel like the things that we talked about here, like I haven't really talked about before. Listen, that, and that's what we want to do here. Sorry, we're closed. I think yeah. that is fantastic because I actually, my goal I remember I was talking to my brother in the, in the kitchen before I did this. This was the, earlier this week. I was, t- I was just mentioned we had planned this already. And I was like, yeah, Jared's coming on Saturday. Um, and he's like, what are you, you going to ask? And I was like, I don't know. I haven't thought about it yet. And he was like, what are you going to be like asking? Like when, what, well, how he got started at Barstool. And I was like, no, like that mm-hmm. is, he's been asked that a million times. Mm-hmm. And wh- wh- they can ask, friend. they can listen to any Jared Carabas podcast that he's ever been on and know the answer to that question. Correct. I need them to want to listen to hear something they've never heard before. Right. Or to mean anything. Otherwise I'm just running a regular podcast. I don't want to do that. Right. Cause I feel like some of the stuff where it's like, I'm telling you like 
personal things and personal feelings. I'm not telling that to like, Hey, I'm a sophomore in high school. I just started this new podcast. Got, yeah. you know, like, like that's just not happening. Like, no. so no, well, listen, I'm happy. That's how it went because that's how I intended it to go. So, um, you know, check on that column. Um, but, uh, you know, let, obviously let me know. I'm treating this as a FaceTime now, obviously let me know <laughs> when you're in, uh, in Hoboken. I really actually, Chelsea was mentioning the other day, and this, by the way, this is exactly how me and Jared's FaceTimes go. We say mm-hmm. goodbye about 15 times before it actually right. happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is not out of, out of character at all. I was walking with Chelsea the other day and we brought you up and she was just like, you know, I think Jared would have stayed in the city if he lived in Hoboken. I think he would have given it a better shot because of Hoboken is such more Boston, you know, a Saugus feel than, um, than obviously Manhattan is a completely different animal. You either love Manhattan or you, you absolutely fucking hate it. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's not for everyone. Most people talk about Manhattan as like, Oh, I like visiting. I don't like living there. Um, and Hoboken is a very different, very different feel, um, from New York. So if you ever do end up moving back to the the big apple, Mm -hmm. I think, uh, giving Hoboken a look would probably suit you well. Yeah. I think, uh, I, I would agree with Chelsea, by the way, shout out Chelsea. Great person. Great human. MVP being. of one of the, um, the round tables. Yes, she was. She was very much deserving. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I, I think part of the reason why I wasn't crazy about Manhattan was a, because you know, you, you're living in a shoebox for very expensive money. It's dirty. Um, it didn't have, like, I don't like the, like, I liked my neighborhood. Like I liked Murray Hill. Um, I just, I don't know. It's too busy for me. It's too busy for me. Like, I like having a car, you know, like I, I came home, I bought a fucking charger just like, it was like, yeah, give me a, give me a black 2020 Dodge charger. Like give me the keys to that. MBD. Just to be able to drive is like something that you, you take for granted until you have it taken away from you for three years. Um, but yeah, I mean like the, the place that I have now, it's literally perfect for me. It's got like, I have like a podcast studio, like an entire room to like, imagine like, uh, like fucking from where I was in New York city, that apartment to now I have a loft, a room that I just used to watch six TVs in that has a laundry room in here. There's a laundry room up here. Very rare for New York. Yep. I have a podcast studio. Uh, and then my bedroom, there's two bathrooms, there's a huge kitchen, there's a living room with a sectional and a, another big TV. I have a deck. I have like a balcony, like what, like the, and then like the, the two floors, they go out so that like the windows just go up. Like you can see like the windows for both. Like, so when I wake up in the windows. morning, huh? Floor to ceiling windows. Yes. Yeah. So when I wake up in the morning and I walk out into my kitchen and it's a corner unit, there's just sun pouring in like it's natural light big time. Yes. And then like, it's, it, it's, uh, I'm very happy here, but if, if you had something that's exactly like this, if I could pick up this apartment and move it to Hoboken, I I would. Mm. Hoboken's a wonderful place. Yeah. I think the only thing that I'm really missing is, is, uh, is Pat light being someone that can just like pop in like, Hey, it's a Wednesday, you know, look at this slate of baseball games. Look at these pitching matchups. Like, Hey, do you want to sit and watch baseball with me for five hours and just chill? Like that's, that's what's missing is I, I had, I actually, I had a friend 
from Saugus. We played baseball together and he moved to Vegas, but he came home last week. So like he was, he came over like a couple nights. Um, but then, but then he left. So like, I don't exactly like have the whole like friends mm-hmm. thing here down yet. You'll um, get there. You'll get there. Yeah. It's like, you know, no, girl, no girlfriend, uh, no friends, uh, just, just me. And, and I can't get a dog either. Or I, I could, but like I travel a lot. So I don't know. Listen, you'll get the friends thing. Very personal guy. Yeah. Um, and listen, I would, and we've had many discussions about me being in Boston. Yeah. That would be, I mean like that, that would uh, like, I, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to, uh, this isn't hyperbole. And I don't want to over-exaggerate. This is not an over-exaggeration. If you move to Boston, it would complete my life. <laughs> life completed. You're good. Yeah. I mean, you'd, uh, you'd immediately move on to Section 10. You'd immediately uh, just be able to pop in and, and watch baseball. The Chelsea could come by. She can cook for us. Is that sexist? I feel like it's that's what I'm saying. I don't think it's sexist because it's more of an acknowledgement of how good of a cook she is. Phenomenal cook, and she loves doing it. Yeah. See, Um, so that would be in the kitchen, though. She what? Do not go into the kitchen while she's cooking. Oh, we don't have to. There's a completely we 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 wouldn't even be on the same floor, Pat. We wouldn't even be on the same floor. (laughs) No, no, it is is there's a big no no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's all hers. It's all hers. She can have access to the bows. She can listen to whatever she wants to. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's just, just think about it. Just, just sleep on it. Listen, I'm going to sleep. I'm going to do probably several sleeps on it. Yeah. Um, kind of have to work these bars through this whole uh, pandemic we got going on here. Right, 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 right. But it's, it's in the conversation as we've, we've talked about, you know, privately. Yeah. Um, so I feel like that would be, uh, you know, there are bars here in Boston. Um, if I I get a section 10 bar going section 10 bar, um, also just, you know, beyond the bar industry, there's lots of other opportunities here as well. Well, I will say, I don't want to open up any more restaurants personally. Um, Mm -hmm. the only bar I'd probably do is, is just, you know, for fun, you know, let's have fun with one. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't plan on even investing in any more bars. Uh, but anyway, now it's 35 minutes. I'm supposed to be <laughs> So, um, you know, I said everything before. Follow Jared. Look at Jared. You know, look at him. Do whatever you need. Just look at him. <laughs> Just look at him. <laughs> Just look at this guy. <laughs> look at this guy. So, um, <laughs> you know, listen to this episode. Obviously, I don't know why I said that. You are listening. You already it, listened. You made it an hour and 35 minutes into this. Yes. Uh, you've listened um, mm-hmm. to the. I appreciate that. Yeah, me too. Um, so, uh, yeah, go visit me at Green Rock, you know, do the things. I don't know. Go see the uh, Jersey, drink, drink rocket fuel. Drink rocket fuel. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. coming whenever we, you have to obviously be there for the ceremonies. That's probably the next one in Hoboken. Of course, yeah. um, if, we, if we can ever get out of this, this fucking pandemic. Yeah, I'll be in New uh, York next weekend. Listen, I'm on the live stream. Yeah, Red Sox, Yankees live stream. You coming? Oh, I didn't you know. You said that earlier in the pod. It didn't even register. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll show up. It's, okay. I assume it's at HQ. Sure is. Wow. Super exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, definitely. I'll definitely show up to that. Um, and then uh, I can, it makes it much easier also to convince you to come to Green Rock afterwards. So. For sure. Yeah, no, that's, that's, a, that's a no doubter. Yeah. 
That's a no brainer. Uh, yeah, no brainer. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, well, we'll, we'll have ourselves a little weekend next weekend. That's exciting. It's gonna be very exciting. I'm put it because I'm old now. I'll put that on my calendar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, guys, thanks for listening. Sorry, we're close. This is episode ten. Um, exciting things happening. Um, I have my mic working thanks to Jared. Mm. And um, you know, appreciate it, guys. Tune in next time. Who knows what I'm gonna do or what I'm gonna have on this damn thing. Uh can't go it can only go down from here after this episode. Um, so this is by far the longest episode. It's triple the length of my normal episodes. <laughs> so listen, we're living the dream here. So uh tune in next time, guys, and until then I will see you later. Sorry, we're closed.